Okay. Okay. Wonderful to see everyone. Um, so um, today we're just going to do some kind of, you know, a basic mindfulness practice. Um, and yeah, I think touch on a few different aspects of what's involved in mindfulness practice or um, I use, I use the term mindfulness slash awareness practice because I think they're slightly different, but they're related. And I don't think there's much, much of a point of um, drawing a hard line. Um, and so, so in any case, we're just, it's just sitting practice. We're just, we're just gonna sit. Um, but um, before we start the mindfulness practice itself, she wanna just um, introduce two, settling practices, to practice to help settle the mind and the body. Um, I've talked in the past about different forms of parasympathetic breathing. I think you can think of these um, two practices I'm about to introduce as um, connected to those kinds of practices of, um, of stimulating the parasympathetic nervous system, helping the body and the mind to settle down. Um, I think it can be good just to sit and begin awareness practice and just see what's there. You see the body totally agitated, the mind totally agitated, um, not try to settle at all. I think it can be really important to know that you don't actually have to be settled at all to do awareness practice. It's about being with your experience as it is. And sometimes your experience is really you know, off the walls. <laughs> And crazy and you are doing everything you can not just to run up and scream and walk, you know walk away from your cushion but it's also nice once in a while <laughs> to pause and to settle you know before beginning practice i think it's good to have both and it's like a, it's a very toolkit right so um i actually want to do one that's kind of weird i mean for those of you who are i don't know therapists who work with um, trauma victims. Maybe this is something that you guys are familiar with. I don't know. Um, I, I actually sit with Ezra Beta and his wife, Elizabeth Hamilton. They're both Zen teachers and they're both teaching a Zoom class out of their apartment in San Diego. They both retire from formal teaching, but just, um, you know, with a small group of friends, they get together, sit and, and they alternate weeks. And one week Ezra does a session, one week Elizabeth does a session. And this week, Elizabeth talked about stuff she learned from a, a psychiatrist who works at San Diego State, who specializes in PTSD. Um, and so she you know, introduced people to um, the eye movement, EMDR practice and things like that. But this is one that um, sounded so weird to me. I was like, why would that do anything? And yet I found it really powerful, super simple and powerful. Okay, so it's, um, so, okay, I'm gonna warn you. If you feel at all self-conscious, you might want to mute your camera for just this one. I'm not going to mute mine, but you. Um, <laughs> so actually, uh, wait, wait uh, Rick, do me a favor, mute your thing. Just yeah. Um, I'm going to actually. I'm going to mute everyone's. Um, let's see here. Uh, yeah, cool. Okay. Um, okay. So. Okay. Here we go. All right. So get in, get into the position in which you're ready to start practicing a bit, and just open your mouth wide like you're almost like 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 you're kind of like almost yawning 
but you know be careful because you know our jaws can be very tight some of us have very like a, almost like a, a locked feeling in our jaws right open wide and then when it's open wide in a, in a relaxed way not strained way move the lower jaw left and right slowly and be aware just of how that feels and just breathe with the mouth wide open, jaw, lower jaw moving left and right. And you might actually find that you yawn because of this motion, but just see how what it does to the throat, to the upper chest, to the breath. And it's not about stretching the jaw, but more moving the jaw and just being aware of what that movement to the lower jaw does to all the muscles and tissue in this area and to the whole sort of the, the everything involved with breathing. Okay, so I don't know how that felt for you guys, but for me, I feel an opening in my throat an opening in the upper chest. And often when I do this, I'll just spontaneously yawn. Um, and it feels like, so anyway, um, just put that out there as one practice, okay. Um, and then another is a variation of something we've done often, okay. And um, so this is breathing in through the nose, breathing out through the open mouth, slightly open mouth. And it's four by four. So count to yourself four on the in-breath and four on the out-breath. And just do a few cycles of this, nice and slow and easy. And just one more. And I think just adding the four count on the in-breath and the out-breath can be really nice. Not only because it really sort of encourages you to extend both the in-breath and the out-breath, but also because it's a little bit of like the breath counting. It, it gives your mind something to kind of like, you know, occupy itself with um, as another way of kind of um, bringing you into the moment and helping you detach a bit from the thoughts that might be agitating you. Um, they introduce these specifically as practices in the wake of the election to help settle the agitated you know, nervous system. So I'll put those out there and I'll introduce a few others you know, over the course of these sessions. But for now, let's just do some awareness practice together. Um, so please get in a comfortable position um, we're going to sit for, you know, maybe 25 minutes. So this will be an extended period of time. I think if your body is able to do this, it is good to sit unsupported, meaning not lying back against something else, um, not leaning on something. Um, I think there's something that can be... Um, not just symbolically, but, you know, even psychologically important about sitting upright, knowing that you can sit on your own unsupported. At the same time, and I wanna emphasize this, 
if your body needs or just wants very much some support, that is totally okay. Okay. So if you are um, if you are sitting back in an easy chair or lying down on a bed or a yoga mat, um, that is in no way secondary. That is um, just fine. Um, in fact, I would say maybe one of the biggest benefits of sitting unsupported beyond the symbolic thing is just that it might be easier to stay awake. Um, you know, if you're too comfortable, it can be a little harder to, to stay alert and awake. So, um, but most important of all is that you feel that your body is comfortable, you know? Um, and so if um, that means lying down or being supported in some way, please don't hesitate ever to do that. So once you get into your position, whatever it is that you'd like to meditate in, just take a few of those deep four by four breaths to settle into this particular posture and position. Counting four in through the nose and counting four out through your slightly open mouth. One final cycle in and out. Now I'd like you to let go of control of your breath. There's no need anymore to extend the breath or to manipulate the breath. As much as possible, let the breath find its own rhythm. Even if that rhythm is erratic, uneven, tight or short. There's no ideal right way to breathe. And in fact, the way you breathe is telling you something important about how your mind and body are doing. So rather than trying to control it and hold it as some ideal, listen to the breath. See how it is when it's left to its own devices. To begin sort of following the breath more closely, start with the nose and bring your awareness to the soft tissue in the inside of your nostrils. And just let the air come and go in and out of the nose with your mouth closed now. And as air passes in and out of the nose, it will produce some subtle sensations in the soft tissue in your nostrils. And just feel what those sensations are like.
See how the sensations change from the beginning of an in-breath to the end of an in-breath, from the beginning of an out-breath to the end of an out-breath. At some point, and probably it's already happened, your mind will carry you away from the breath. Even with every intention of staying attentive to sensations of the breath, thoughts will carry you away. Please know that that is natural, normal, and indeed inevitable. When you notice that that has happened, that you're not following the breath anymore, just say to yourself, thinking, to acknowledge the fact that you are thinking and gently, without judgment, come back to the breath. The kind of focus we're trying to cultivate on the sensations of the breath and the nose is not a laser-like focus. It's not tight. It's not a focus or awareness that would exclude other sensations. It's a soft one where you can feel the sensations in the nose. And you might also feel sensations in other parts of the body. You might hear sounds that are coming from the space you're in. You might even notice thoughts or emotions flitting by. All of that is welcome. Think of the breath as like an anchor, a place to hold the awareness steady, even as it's also aware of other things. The time to use the label thinking is when thoughts have carried you so far away from the breath that you've actually forgotten to be aware of the breath at all. You've lost track of the breath completely. That's when the label thinking can be useful. 
because it kind of detaches you a little bit from your identification with the thought or the thoughts that are carried away. It allows you to acknowledge that thoughts have carried away and gives you a little bit of space to come back to the breath. You may have to do this, you will likely have to do this over and over again. So it's good to be patient and gentle with yourself. As we sit longer, settle deeper into this particular period of practice, see if your awareness of the breath in the nose can become over time ever more granular, more textured. See if you can feel the subtle shifts moment by moment of the sensations in the nose. Get nice and intimate with those sensations in the nose. If you try to stay too tightly focused on the breath, you might begin to feel your body and your mind tense up. You know, may, this practice might start to feel effortful and you might just start even feeling some frustration or tension because of this practice. When you feel that that might be happening, try to soften your focus. One of the most important and yet most difficult aspects of practice is finding the balance between effort and softness. If you're too soft, you just daydream. But if you try too hard, you get tight. We are like tuning ourselves as instruments as we practice, finding the right medium, attentive, focused, and yet not too tight. It's an art. So experiment with tightening and loosening your focus on the breath.
please continue attending to the sensations of the breath, but open your awareness up a little bit wider so that it now includes the sensations in your hands, wherever your hands may be, perhaps they're resting on your thighs, perhaps they're in your lap, or if you're lying down, they may be on the floor or on your belly or chest. Feel the sensations in your hands. What do you feel in your palms? In your fingers? How does the air of the room you're in feel on the skin of your hands? See if you can hold the breath in the nose and the sensations in your hands, in your awareness at the same time as dual anchors. If it's hard and you can't hold both at the same time, just toggle back and forth. That's totally okay. And with time, you'll be able to hold both in awareness simultaneously. Even long-time meditators can fall into the temptation of thinking that meditation is about stopping thoughts or at least quieting them radically and staying single-mindedly focused on things like the breath. But this is a recipe for frustration. Instead, consider thoughts to be not a problem at all. Let thoughts come. Just notice when they come and then let them go. You can follow the breath, feel your hands, and just notice the thoughts going through your mind. It's possible to hold all of that in awareness at the same time. It's not about using the breath and hands as a way of getting away from thoughts. It's just staying anchored so that thoughts don't carry you fully away. That's all.
once in a while, a really juicy thought will come up, a thought that is accompanied by a physical energy, maybe a tension in the body, something that you know is more than just a passing thought that really hooks you deeply. When a thought like that comes up, it can be helpful to label it more precisely than just thinking. Then you can say having a thought and then repeat the thought to yourself, like having a thought, I can't do this, or having a thought, I can never do anything right, or whatever the thought may be for you. This can be a wonderful way to really start to understand what kinds of thought patterns are swirling about, causing so much suffering for us. Each time we note and label a thought like that, we are just slightly lessening its power over us. For those of you who feel able to hold the breath and hands in awareness at the same time, try adding the sounds in the environment as a third anchor. See if you can feel the breath in the nose, the sensations in your hands, and just hear in an open way whatever sounds there might be in the environment around you. If you're already having trouble just holding two anchors, don't try to add a third yet, just stick with two. But if you've gotten two down, try adding this third one. When you add another anchor, at first, it requires a little effort. You know, I'm gonna try to now hear sounds along with breath and hands. I think what some of you will discover is that the only way to actually hold three anchors at the same time is to relax, soften. If you try to focus on one or two, you can't hold all three. It's one of the reasons why multiple anchors can be really useful. It forces us to open our awareness. 
For the rest of this period, please feel free to just follow one or two or all three anchors. If just following the breath feels best to you, most manageable right now, just do that. Breath in hands or breath hands and sound. There's no right way. Just find what feels comfortable, doable, not too effortful right now. And that will be the background, just being aware. And now I'd like to explore some aspects of what might come up during this awareness practice. See if there are any parts of your body that are calling to your attention because they feel tight or tense or uncomfortable. My guess is that, you know, most of you will be feeling some tension, some tightness somewhere in the body right now. Let your awareness loosen its grip on the anchors and move towards that area or spot of tension. How does the tension feel? And how does the mind in particular react to this area of tension? Tension feels uncomfortable. We often don't want to be tight. So how is the mind reacting to this experience? that is unpleasant. Can you feel the subtle or perhaps not so subtle desires for the tension to go away, relax, release. So interestingly, we can feel tension and then tension around the tension as we identify with aversion or resistance to what is unpleasant, compounding how bad it feels. See if you can notice any of that kind of tightening up around tension in your awareness. And if you do notice any resistance, any aversion, can you soften around the sensations that are associated with it? What is aversion, resistance, a desire not to feel something? What does that feel like? Try to approach it with curiosity. 
Do you notice any thoughts that are associated with this area of tension? Just note what they are, if you can hear their contents. But most important is just being curious about the sensations associated with this discomfort and perhaps your resistance to this discomfort. If this is the first time you've tried bringing awareness in this intentional and curious way to discomfort, it might feel not so good. You may feel an impulse to do something else, to stop. And just be gentle with yourself and notice what that feels like. But with time, tension and even resistance to tension can become just interesting phenomena to explore. Soften around whatever you're feeling. Let it be there. And just watch it with curiosity. If you feel an impulse to move your awareness away from it, to begin daydreaming, or if you even feel irritation that you're being asked to be aware of this, keep in mind that that is exactly the point of this resistance, is trying to compel you, move you to do something, to get away. So by just kind of staying, Continue to watch, just studying with curiosity. You are rewiring some very deep programming. With time, it can be interesting and indeed even liberating, but at first it can feel strange and hard. Now please bring your awareness back to the three anchors of breath, hands, and sounds, or whichever anchors you're using. Let your awareness move away from this tension, this discomfort, just let it be there. And now bring your awareness squarely back to one of the primary anchors.
See how granular your awareness of the breath can become. Feel the sensations in your hands. And if you feel able to open yourself to the sounds around you. Okay, open your eyes when you are ready and take your time reconnecting with the space around you. I'd like to open the floor up in just a minute to um, just um, comments and questions. But um, what I want to do is to encourage people to bring this particular kind of practice or approach to discomfort off the cushion. Um, into um, moments in day-to-day life when you feel discomfort and feel the desire to do something to get away from the discomfort. Um, Actually, I have a couple, two, I think really down-to-earth examples I I think will be familiar to a lot of you. I don't know how many of you have ever eaten Doritos, <laughs> um, but you know, the first one's pretty good. And then you eat another, and then you eat another, and you're kind of like, I don't really, I don't, this is probably enough, but you just, when you stop eating it, it's weird. It's like, you feel a certain kind of discomfort from just even having eaten the number you have. and the best way it seems to avoid feeling discomfort is to eat another one. (laughs) Um, And so when something like that happens, what can be so hard to do and so fascinating is just to feel what it's like to want to pick up another one as a way of like going deeper in, in order to avoid feeling what it feels like to have eaten the ones you already have. Another time I feel very similarly is when I'm scrolling on a screen, like let's say Instagram or the web or something, right? And you know, you, you begin innocently enough, oh yeah, this news headline, that's really, important. and then you start like 10 stories later, you're like, I, I should stop. And then you stop and you put it down and you feel 
like a real kind of low level physical agitation, like that you feel like the best way to get rid of is to pick your phone back up. You know, you just want to pick it back up and then keep looking, right? Um, and I think to me, eating Doritos and looking at social media feel very similar in that way. Um, and it can be so hard to actually just not indulge in that desire. That's often just an impulse to, to go in more, go deeper in more. I worry about the consequences later, just seeing, and just feel what it's like to feel that discomfort right then. Um, this practice of leaning into, studying with curiosity, just being with those sensations of discomfort can help short circuit compulsive behavior patterns that can cause us so much suffering. Um, and it takes, interestingly, like, it takes a certain kind of willpower, but if you're too hard on yourself, it won't work. It's like, again, it's like, it has to be like, it's a will, but it takes a certain kind of softness because what you're ultimately doing is not saying that's bad, but more like, let me just be with this feeling instead of engaging in the impulse. Um, so um, I think the, the, the real power of this practice shows up off the cushion. And so um, I just want to encourage people to think of bring it to moments or bring it up in moments when you may feel that kind of like, I just want more distraction. I just want, I just don't want, I don't want to be aware right now. Um, I'm going to just open the floor for, I don't know, just like how it was, um, um, what felt interesting, surprising, hard, or questions people might have. And I think, remember, people benefit a lot in this group from hearing other people share how things have been for them. So don't worry if you aren't sure that what you're saying is necessarily on point or like really essential. If you have a hunch that it might be worth asking what we're saying, I think there's someone else who might benefit from hearing it, so. I hope I'm not the only one who has eaten like a, too many Doritos in one sitting. <laughs> Feel free just to unmute. I can't see everyone on the screen at the same time. So go ahead and just unmute if you want to say anything. Hi, Bernie. Hi, Jim. I too have eaten too many Doritos, so just wanted you not to feel alone in that. <laughs> um, one of the things that I'm um, surprised by each time, and I feel like I'm repeating myself, so it's funny that it still surprises me, but is how helpful that instruction is about um, uh, not zeroing in as much and adopting a wider awareness. Um, I, I tend to associate kind of laser pointedness with efforting. And I feel like so much of life can resemble that. So it always feels like a gift to be reminded that one need not um, 
um, constantly adhere to that kind of, um, you know, focal point that it's helpful to kind of broaden. So that was one thought. And then the other thought was with the counting, I find um, if I do get a little perfectionistic about my breath, just going to the counting, I mean, we all know how to count. So there's no way to kind of get tangled up in perfecting that. So I find that to be um, helpful. Thank you, Jim. Sure. I don't know how many of you have sat at a, a traditional Zen center or gotten formal Zen training, but um, the instructions for what to do with the hands is to form what's called a cosmic mudra, which is this. Um, and um, it's just, you know, the left hand over the right, um, knuckles lining up and the thumbs meeting gently uh, and making an oval. I'm sorry, I think trying to make it, it's kind of awkward angle for me. And it's, and the thumbs meet at the belly button. So that helps you get a sense of like where it is. The reason I'm bringing this up, is actually not to encourage people. I, I don't use this all the, all the time. I use it sometimes, not all the time. Um, but over the last few weeks, I've been really attending to the sensations of my hands. Um, and I think, um, I think it's been kind of revelation how much tension I can hold in my hands and my arms. Um, and I had always thought of traditional Zen meditation as kind of really much more laser focused on the breath in the way, Jim, that you were talking about. And I realized actually, I think, you know, in the deep wisdom that's embedded in the practice, this mudra is actually a way that I think practitioners have encouraged to be sensitive to their hands, aware of their hands as they're practicing. Because if you aren't, the mudra falls apart or gets too tense or too tight. It requires a kind of soft awareness of the hands to keep them in this position. And so I think um, even this traditional breath falling practice in the, the most traditional Zen training style has had this kind of dual or more open awareness quality to it because it's not just the breath. The hands have been part of it all along. And so- um, Yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up. It sort of reminds me like if you're holding a baby bird that you found, there's still the holding, but there's a quality of space and looseness to it. So yeah. it's instructive, yeah. And, you know, actually encourage people to really think about the feel of the hands, but also feel the tension of the forearms and the shoulders. And I think there's a kind of bracing that a lot of us have like sort of become inured to, you know, as we kind of like tighten up against the world. And um, and so what's fascinating about practice is at, as you go deeper and deeper, I think for me, it's always like different layers of tension that come to awareness and then slowly let go. That's what practice I felt like, like a softening of the body, but at deeper and deeper levels. Um, and you think, you know, you, there is a real release and then you realize that there's actually even like deeper layers of release that are possible. Bernie? Yeah, hi, Sheila. Hi. I was just wondering, this is a question more than anything else, but it relates to what you just said. When we do that deep 
breathing mm -hmm. uh, at first. I get a sensation when I'm exhaling at the end of the exhale. You know, I, that is so, it feels so wonderful to me. Um, and I don't know exactly what it is or where it's coming from. Um, but it's just exactly what you're talking about, that sense of release that I feel. But is that, is that a fairly common sensation to others? I think a sensation of release and a pleasurable quality is, is, can be very common. Um, and I think the nice thing is like, just enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Don't try to get hooked on it because at some point it may not. And then that, that's where it does, but there's no problem in enjoying it. And then, um, but if you think it's supposed to happen, then it can become a problem because then you start to expect it and it becomes frustrating. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think um, that's, that's one of the goals of that particular breathing practice is to, to release, relax the body, settle it. And when that happens, energy can flow, you know, because mm -hmm. I think we actually have tremendous amounts of energy that we, our kind of our tension clamps down on. And when it softens, it actually can like more energy can flow through us and they can manifest in, in the, the ways like that you're experiencing, so. Thank you. Did anyone find it hard to focus on the tension or did anyone not relate to the idea of resistance around the tension? Hi, Bernie. Um, I, oh, can you hear me? It's Carmen. Yeah, hi, Carmen. Hi, um, I really related to the feeling of resistance, um, but also did find it really difficult. Um, and I'm always working on tension in um, my stomach. And for me, the experience was kind of like, um, my awareness was kind of like this hand or like probe reaching in and the, the experience of the resistance, like pulling back and like um, kind of like a creature in a hole or something and, and really wanting to protect itself from, from being recognized. And um, I really resonated with um, kind of how deep some layers of tension are and especially if they're connected to um, trauma or emotional um, aspects. So it was um, both very effective and very difficult. Thanks for sharing that, Carmen. Actually, I love the way that the image you used of like a hand reaching in or probing. And I think this is, this is um, such an important aspect of any awareness practice, but especially one like this, where you're, you're approaching a place of difficulty like this, you know, like, and it's like even trauma. And I think that we have to acknowledge that, that the hand of awareness, so to speak, can come with many different kinds of moods, right? And it can come with a desire to open up or pry open or kind of get away or move, right? And I think it, and, and that can be natural, but that can, and then, but I think the thing that you're approaching can retreat just like the image you said in fear or in distrust. And sometimes that distrust is appropriate because you're not coming as a friend, actually, you're coming to fix something, get rid of something, right? And so um, I often think of like, 
I don't know. I was just actually thinking earlier today. It's like, how would you touch someone who is suffering or in pain, whom you love deeply, and you're not, you just want to, to be there with them, hold their hand. Now you're not there to fix them, nor are you there to make them stop crying, right? Nor, you know, that there are all sorts of ways in which like that, like touch can have so many different moods and qualities. So can you touch in a truly intimate, right there and yet accepting way, not trying to engineer a change in what you're touching? Um, I think that is the kind of awareness that we're cultivating. You know, can you put your hand on someone's grieving chest? Uh, you know, obviously when you deeply love and are close to, not just, just to say, I'm here, you know, I'm here. That's it not to make their pain go away, nor to, to fix them or all these other things um, that we might be doing. And we do them to ourselves as well, right? So. Hi, Bernie. Who is this? Hi, Leah. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Um, thank you so much. So I had a really difficult time towards the very end um, when you asked us to return to um, whatever we were using as an anchor. Hmm. And even like even right now, and it's been however many minutes since we finished with that sitting, I can still feel um like the remnants I guess of that intense focus on like different areas of of tension in my body um and I guess this type of like focusing on tension and discomfort is not something that I do very commonly um or at all unless I'm like with you Bernie or in some sort of group setting um and so I guess I, I guess I'm just curious about that and um, whether anyone else is having like sort of um, the shadows, I guess, or like remnants of some leftover, I don't know, it's almost like muscle memory or something like that. Um, I don't think that's the right term, but kind of sort of works for what I'm trying to get at. Mm -hmm. So um, I if other people want to speak to this, that would be really, that would be wonderful. I think one thing I'll um, say is that I also can feel the kind of residual, um, um, the, the place of tension that I brought my awareness to. I can feel a heightened awareness of that still. Um, I think um, the deeper point of doing this, which might seem masochistic, 
you know, um, so Leah's like, it's interesting. It's, it's nice and interesting that you keep coming back, <laughs> even though like, right. That yes, this is like the only place where someone actually asks you to move into your discomfort in this way. It's like, yeah. And, um, and, um, you know, there are things we can do. So I think feel open and relaxed There are lots of things that humans have developed over time to, um, different kinds of yogic practices, massage, uh, different ways that we occupy ourselves, different things we've each found to do, right? Um, and I'm not, I can't speak for other people and I cannot speak for you, but I know that whenever I explore tension in the way that we did tonight, the practice that I'm engaged in did not produce that tension, right? That tension is there and it's, it, it may not be in awareness, but it's there. And whenever I go to it or it calls to me and I heed the call, I know it's like an old friend. It's like, you know. Um, and so my sense of the, the long-term sort of point, you know, of this, of this kind of practice is that it's offering us a form of spaciousness and liberation that doesn't depend on looking away or avoiding something that is actually deeply part of us. Um, and so it's, it's a kind of freedom that feels all the more mm, deep and permanent because it's not fragile in the way that the kinds of space that we can find in temporary reliefs can be. You know, we can we can feel spacious for a while by doing something else, but we'll know, I, mean, I use the term shadow, we know that shadow is lurking there. And if I do the wrong thing, if I if the wrong thing happens to me, it will come up and I'll feel it, you know? And so um, ultimately, I think when we become much more intimate with these places of attention, we see that they are not nearly as, they don't have the, the power to make us suffer in the way that they have and do when we you know, really don't attend to them in, in the ways that we do with this practice, but it takes time. So, um, and so I don't know, I guess, uh, does that, does that, um, I don't know. Am I making sense to you, Leah? I'm not. I'm not positive. Yeah. That makes sense. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I know that it's already. I don't want to add more time, but I um, am interested. I think like hearing everybody talk about going to their tension and being guided in that during the meditation. I kept approaching certain things that felt like literally like body parts that felt tense. I like went to the middle of my back. And when I got there, I was like, I could do the softening around it and it felt fine or it, or it just like blended into my awareness. And I'd just be really interested to know for other people, I guess hearing other people talk about the tension that they go to, I'm, I'm interested in, if anyone's willing to share or, or no need to, but what that tension is, is it physical tension? Is it 
tension that feels related to an event for some people? Is it emotional tension and how does it manifest? Because I know for me, the place I always go to is my mid back, but I, I don't have any, it doesn't feel like an emotional process to be there and that's fine. And I don't need it to be emotional, but I do know that I hold tension in other places. Like right now, my body feels, I'm noticing more tension than when I'm in the meditation looking for tension. So I'm interested in where it shows up for people. Does anyone else want to speak to that? I, I just feel like I've, I've said more than enough <laughs> or I don't want to, I'd like to hear from someone else. <laughs> it's a wonderful question. Thank you, Marnie. Yeah. And you know, people can always log off if they have to go, right? No, no one's forced to stay. Yeah. We won't I go have, too much longer, but yeah. I have tension in my shoulders almost all the time. Um, but, and I've had emotional tension before, but not right now. I also think it's wonderful to keep an open mind about what's merely physical and what's emotional too. Um, I think there's no need to assume there's emotion beneath any particular physical contention, but I know that in my own experience, there have been places where I, I thought I just had tight shoulders or I just had some kind of t tension somewhere like in my rib cage or something that I thought was like an injury, <laughs> like literally like, like had like a physical cause, you know? Um, that turned out to actually harbor deep emotional content when it eventually softened enough to reveal it. And I'm not, and so I'm not at all assuming that's the case for all tension. You know, I think we do get just muscle soreness and tightness, um, but it, it seems not necessary and an interesting kind of practice attitude just to be open and to not know, not need to know what it is, except that it, it is this kind of sensation, you know. So for those of you who are crazy enough to want to continue on this strange path of leaning into discomfort, <laughs> don't worry, you know, I hope you know that we don't do this all the time, but come back next time and see. Like, <laughs> um, and uh, thank you, thank you all. It's wonderful to see you. And if anyone has any lingering questions, I'm happy, to, I'm gonna hang on the call for a bit until everyone is off. So please feel free to hang out. And otherwise, I wish you all a wonderful week. And I'll see you next time. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Bernie. Thanks, Bernie. Thank you. Bye-bye.